Uninformed immigrants are at a huge disadvantage in court, in financial and legal matters, and also sometimes in life. Well, what can we do about it? I'll tell you what. We can train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants to maximize their lives regardless of their immigration status. And that's exactly what we're going to do here. I am your immigration lawyer and host, Otis Landerholm, and this is the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. All right. Hello, people. Hello, people. I think we're live. I think we're live. I think we're live on Facebook. I think we're live on YouTube. Welcome, and thank you so much for being here. And special thanks to Danitza Yanez uh, for helping me uh, make this happen. Danitza, you're amazing. Thank you so much. And if you're an immigrant, welcome. All right? If you're an immigrant, like, I, this talk is here for you. And so welcome to uh, an episode of the Empowered Immigrant Live. And, uh, you know, the Empowered Immigrant Live, we are here to train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants to make the most out of immigration laws and to make the most out of their lives. All right? And so thank you so much. My theme today and our conversation today is about marijuana and the intersection between marijuana and immigration law, all right? And so um, for the Empowered Immigrant Live, we're going to be doing this regularly. And so please, if you have questions that you want answered, send them to me. And today we'll be discussing several questions, all right? And as we always do, I'm going to be doing the first 30 minutes in uh, English on Facebook and YouTube, and then we will do this exact same uh, uh, episode in Spanish as well, all right? And so if, you, if your preferred language is Spanish, hey, we'll be on in just, uh, in just 30 minutes, and we'll do it in Spanish, all right? But before we get into the questions that you all have asked, which thank you for submitting those questions, before we get to those, I want to discuss the basics. Okay, so um, basics, I've got just like, I've got just like five basic pointers that we want to discuss before we answer any questions. Basic number one, we're talking about immigration and marijuana. Basic number one is like, don't use marijuana. <laughs> All right, like if you, if you're an immigrant and if you're listening to me, like just don't use marijuana. All right. Um, and here's the thing to know, even if it's quote unquote legal under the state where you live, maybe you live, for example, in the state of California. All right. And California has legalized uh, marijuana. All right. On a, on a state level, there are 30 plus other states throughout the United States that have legalized it for various purposes. Maybe they've at least legalized it when it's for medicinal purposes and you have a letter signed by a doctor or a medical marijuana card, right? Some states have, some states have not. But still, even with that, still, even if you live in California, even if in your state it's quote-unquote legal, still the best advice is to not use marijuana. And now why? All right, why? 
The answer is, is because marijuana is still a quote-unquote controlled substance, all right, on Schedule 1, as defined by the Controlled Substances Act under federal law. Remember, in the United States, there are state laws, which govern the laws of the particular states, and then there's federal law, which governs everything, all right, which is run by the Prez and Washington, D.C., and Congress, federal Congress, the whole thing, all right? Federal law means it applies throughout the whole U.S., and here's the deal. Immigration law is federal law. It's the same law that applies whether you're in California or in Florida or in New York or in Texas or wherever, okay? And so because of that, the federal law relies on the Federal Controlled Substances Act, and marijuana is still a Schedule One drug, a Schedule One controlled substance. And so using it, possessing it, selling it, having anything to do with it, having paraphernalia on your possession, like a bong or something, all of that can uh, cause deportability, can cause inadmissibility, can cause serious problems for your immigration case. All right? So that's basic number one, don't use marijuana. All right? Basics number two, uh, I've already started out with it, right? It's that possession, use, sale of, possession of quote-unquote paraphernalia of any controlled substance, which marijuana is, as we just said, defined as a quote-unquote controlled substance. Possession, use, any of that, sales of any controlled substance, not just marijuana, but any controlled substance, can make a person quote-unquote inadmissible, which means ineligible for a green card or visa, and in some situations can make a person deportable, okay? And so um, you don't want to get deported. You don't want to have your case denied. Like, be aware of that. And, and so just be, be cautious. Really, the best advice is not to use marijuana. Okay, so what else? Basic number three. If immigration asks you about marijuana or about any drug, all right, it is better to remain silent than it is to incriminate yourself. Everyone has the right to remain silent, remember? All right, this is like due process, Fifth Amendment, very important right, constitutional right. You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to not incriminate yourself. So you don't have to say, uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to say yes. Have you used drugs? Sorry. I prefer to only answer that question with a lawyer present after I've gotten legal advice from that lawyer. I would prefer not to answer that question. I'm going to remain silent on that question. Boom. All right. You don't have to answer any question that you don't want to. And the best advice is to not answer any question if it's going to incriminate yourself. All right. It's better to stay silent. Basic number four. Do not, do not have any reference to any drug or marijuana or, you know, even like pictures wearing t-shirts uh, that have the marijuana leaf on them, right? Anywhere on your Facebook site, on your social media channels, 
anywhere that the public can access it because immigration, the Department of Homeland Security, which is the department that U.S. immigration lives under, they can and they will access that information. And so uh, be, be smart. And if you are going through an immigration process, do not have stupid things on your social media uh, public uh, kind of on display. All right? And then my basic number five, before we get into the questions here, um, is don't go alone. If you have any issue, if you've ever used or possessed marijuana or have questions about it, please get expert advice. All right? Don't go just, don't be like, oh, it's going to be fine. All right? People that say, oh, it's just going to be fine end up having serious problems. And so let's not be naive about it. Don't go in alone about it. Let's get you good advice so that you can maximize your chances of having a smooth immigration process. All right? So, perfect. Those are my five basics. I hope those are useful. I hope they're helpful. Now I'm going to turn it over to some questions. All right? So, thanks. Uh, our first question comes from a woman named Mary. All right? So, Mary, thank you for asking the first question. Mary's question is, I want to apply for my husband's green card, but he smoked marijuana once. All right, does this cause a problem? All right, so Mary, perfect. Thank you for asking that. That's actually exactly how I want to begin our topic today. All right, and I want to talk about all kinds of things. So a couple questions to ask you, Mary. My first question for you is, yes, let's do a consultation. Let's discuss it. But in that consultation, my question will be, was your husband ever arrested about marijuana or was it just one time for personal use and nobody, nobody knew about it, all right? Also, if there was an arrest, did it lead to a conviction, all right? And because if so, then that really could become a problem. That could cause deportability. That could cause all kinds of problems, all right? Um, and the other question for your husband, Mary, is, uh, you know, was it really just one time that he used it? Like, really? Uh, or was it several times, you know? Um, and so let's just get to the bottom of, 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 really, uh, of really what it is. Um, I also, in a consultation, I like to go deep about the facts of the situation. And so, uh, like, here's the thing. Some people will go to a party, all right? Some people will go to a party. Say they're in college. They get invited to a party. The people seem friendly. You go to the party, and then somebody's passing around what they might refer to as a joint, all right? And maybe some people there are using slang, and they call it pot, or they call it, you know, whatever slang term of the day is describing, quote-unquote, marijuana, pot, weed, whatever you want to call it, right? And so, you know, but Mary, but, but listen to me, right? It's like that joint, that, that cigarette, that whatever it is that's being passed around, often, more often than not, it isn't being passed around with like a detailed ingredient label. 
that's describing precisely every single ingredient or substance that's actually inside of that thing that's getting passed around. You know what I'm talking about? And so often, it's like, wait, was he even 100% certain of what that was? Like, if you went to that party and you took whatever it was that was given to you and you put it to your lips, all right, and maybe you even breathed in, maybe you inhaled, right? Like, if that happened, are you now 100% certain that you have, quote-unquote, used or, quote-unquote, been under the influence of, quote-unquote, marijuana as defined by Schedule 1 of the Controlled Substances Act? Because if you're not 100% sure of what was in that thing, don't assume, don't just assume that, oh, yes, I smoked marijuana, immigration. Like, don't just assume that you did if you're not 100% sure. Because here's the thing. If that act could have been considered a quote-unquote crime under federal law, federal law, especially criminal law, has an obligation to presume that someone is innocent unless they're proven guilty. And it's not like they can just have some evidence to prove that someone's guilty. They've got to prove someone's guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Beyond any doubt. All right? And so it's like if you're not 100% certain of what substance was literally inside of whatever that was that was getting passed around, do not assume that you were guilty of some crime. And certainly don't, like, admit to, uh, say, smoking marijuana or being under the influence of or using or possessing any controlled substance if you're not 100% sure of whether or not you did, all right? That substance, it could have been, you know, any one of a few... Lots of different things. Hey, it could have been a set of spices, oregano, and and uh, and other things uh, inside of a piece of paper. For all you know. Now that's different if you yourself went down to the medical marijuana dispensary and you yourself purchased it from a trusted source. Heck, it's different if you like saw the plant and you are a botanist and you can identify the species of plant so you know precisely what it was and now you saw it getting you know if you did know and you are a hundred percent certain that yes it was uh, a controlled substance then okay that's a different situation but when we go when we really prepare this type of case we want to go deep. We want to really understand, hey, what is it that you knew? What is it that you understood? And where are the assumptions happening? Because when we go into immigration, we don't want to make any assumptions. And we want to say it the way it was, and we want to be clear uh, with them what, what our arguments are, what our position is, and all of that. Okay? All right, I hope that was clear. The next question that I want to ask comes from a woman named Sandra. 
Sandra, thank you so much for being with me, and thank you so much for submitting your question, all right? Sandra's question says, I was arrested for possession of marijuana, but I already have a green card, all right? And she asks, will I be deported? Now, Sandra, thank you for that. That is a scary situation, and I'm sorry that you're going through it. And the answer to that question, my best first answer to that question is, if you or if anybody who's listening to this has been arrested, all right, for, for really anything, but if you're an immigrant and you've been arrested for possession of marijuana, for any crime, please do not just hire a criminal defense attorney. Yes, hire a criminal defense attorney, but please don't just hire a criminal defense attorney. Please also hire an immigration attorney, all right? Because if there's any chance, if there's any way, if there's any argument to not get convicted of an offense that causes deportability, we want to do that. We want to do that when possible. We want to do that if possible. Sometimes we can negotiate a plea. They call it plea bargaining, all right, that can help reduce uh, an offense to, to help prevent it from causing deportability, okay? And so um, if you were arrested for possession of marijuana, like it sounds like maybe you haven't been convicted yet, right? You've just been arrested. And so if that's your situation, contact both a criminal defense attorney and an immigration attorney, and let's help you. Let's work together as a team to help you navigate excuse me, navigate the criminal process so that you maximize your chances of also winning your immigration process, all right? And, and, um, and is it possible uh, to, let me, let me say it like this, is it possible to get deported just for being arrested for possession of marijuana? The answer is yes, all right? And is it possible to win that case even if you were convicted of possession of marijuana? And the answer there is also yes. So there's a lot of factors at play, all right? Yes, it can cause deportation. And yes, there are arguments and waivers and applications and other things that can be fought in immigration court, okay? And so really, you're going to want to talk over your precise situation with a criminal defense attorney and also with an immigration attorney. Okay? Awesome. So, um, the next question I'm going to take, and then um, we're, we're, we're going to wrap up here pretty soon, all right? The next question I'm going to take comes from Juan. Juan asks, can I take a job in the marijuana industry? And so, Juan, thank you for asking that question. It's like, and, and we see that in California, oh my gosh, you know, there are dispensaries that need deliverers. There are, uh, you know, there are farms that uh, need, uh, you know, uh, agricultural workers to help uh, cultivate their medical marijuana, even if it's completely for lawful within the state of California medicinal purposes, all right? So Juan, your question is great and spot on. My best advice is no, all right? My best advice is no, not yet, bad idea. If you are an immigrant 
if you are undocumented, especially if you have a visa or green card, all right, my best advice to you is no, do not take a job anywhere near the marijuana industry yet, not yet, all right? And here's why. If you're involved in transportation of, or cultivation of, or sales of any quote-unquote controlled substance, under immigration law, it, like immigration can consider that quote-unquote drug trafficking. It is a bad idea. You don't want to do that. You don't want to, I mean, it can destroy an immigration case. All right? It's better to wait until you are a U.S. citizen before taking any job like that. All right? Oh, but they're paying really well. Yeah, I get it. Uh, oh, but, you know, it's a great team. And, you know, and, oh, my other friends are doing it too. And it's, you know, it's a good industry. I get it. Still, I'm a lawyer. I want to fight for your immigration case. My best advice is no, don't take a job anywhere near the marijuana industry, okay? Because I want to preserve your immigration options from now until you become a U.S. citizen. Once you're a U.S. citizen, heck, you know, <laughs> once you're a U.S. citizen, immigration won't do anything to you, all right? Uh, federal authorities could still, in theory, right? But immigration won't do anything to you. And I'm an immigration lawyer, and I'm worried about your green card. I'm worried about your ability to apply for citizenship. I'm worried about whether or not you'd become deportable. And so my best advice is do not take a job in the marijuana industry. Wait until you become a U.S. citizen or wait for something else that might happen in the future. And that's the last thing that I want to turn to before we wrap up today, okay? So then the, my, the question, you know, that I want to put out there is, okay, but what about the future, okay? Now, here's the thing. More and more states are legalizing marijuana, okay? More and more states are legalizing marijuana, but it's still not legal at the federal level. But as more and more states are legalizing marijuana, there is more and more pressure building there's more and more political pressure building to get marijuana removed from the federal drug schedules, from the federal quote-unquote Controlled Substances Act, all right? Now, if that happens in the future, great, and I'll reshoot this video and we'll talk about, you know, we'll talk about the change in the law. But until that happens... Really, my best advice is be careful out there. Be cautious out there. Get good advice out there, okay? Be careful, be cautious, and get good advice before having anything to do with marijuana or the marijuana industry if you are an immigrant in the United States. Okay? That's really my message for today. I'm going to wrap up with that. Thanks to all of you who asked questions and, uh, and, you know, um, two weeks from now, we're going to do another episode of the Empowered Immigrant Live. And I want to know what your questions are. We're going to choose a different theme uh, every single time. And so, uh, you know, next time we're going to be talking about a 2021 update to immigration court. 
And so I'd love to answer your questions if you're in immigration court proceedings. Uh, and so if you have questions about that, please send them to us. Uh, maybe we can put a link here below our, our chat so that you can see that. And, um, and that's all I got, folks. That's all I got. Thank you so much for being with me. My name is Otis Landerholm. I'm the founding attorney here at Landerholm Immigration APC, where we fight for your American dream. And thank you so much for joining me on the Empowered Immigrant Live. All right. So, um, sorry. I want to I time out just for a second. There is a... Um, I'm looking at a couple of other questions that we're getting kind of as we speak. I love it. Thank you for those of you who are giving me questions as we speak. So, um, let's see. Do I have some chance to get a B2 visa if I get convicted for DUI, alcohol, and marijuana in, in Europe? All right. This is a question submitted right now from Jacob. Jacob, thank you. Thank you for your question. I love it. So, uh, and thank you for being with me. So, uh, here's the thing, right? Probably not, all right? A conviction, a conviction for marijuana creates a quote-unquote inadmissibility, all right? It's an inadmissibility. It, it's an inadmissible offense. And so, if you apply for a B-2 tourist visa, if you apply for like an ESTA, visa-less travel, if you apply for any type of visa to enter the United States, Chances are very likely, yes, you, they will ask you, have you ever been arrested? You'll need to sh say the arrest. They'll ask for the records. You'll need to provide the records. And then they'll say, wow, unfortunately, you're inadmissible, so we've got to deny your application. All right? And now uh, there could be some fancy arguments that you could make there. You know, maybe a conviction under, uh, under Dutch law, for example, uh, might uh, for uh, driving under the influence of marijuana, for example, might not be a uh, categorical match with a um, uh, with a possession offense or a controlled substance offense, quote unquote, as defined by the U.S.'s Controlled Substances Act. So there might be some interesting arguments that uh, could be attempted if you really wanted to fight about it, but the chances are very likely that immigration would see, your, see the record that you're describing there and say, hey, sorry, I've got to deny this case, all right? Now, if there's a, if there's a one and only one uh, uh, record of a single use of, I think, 30 grams or less of marijuana, there's a waiver available to, for that, um, for example, if you're going through a green card process. So if you're married to a U.S. citizen, Jacob, I'm talking to you. If you're married to a U.S. citizen, you might have a way to get around it. And if you've been in the U.S. before and you may have tried some other thing, you might have another way to get around it as well. Okay? So uh, talk to a lawyer if you want more there. And um, let's see. There was another question by Frederico, do you see any improvement in the processing times for biometrics and the uh, work card or the, uh, the, the combo card, including the advanced parole document to be able to travel at the San Francisco office? What's the current average time to get these? So that's a great question. 
uh, Frederico, I would I would need to I would need to look that up right here on the spot. I don't have like really that combo card. If you're applying through an adjustment of status case in our office, our experience is typically five to seven months, five to seven months ish. And so if you're way outside of that, then contact your lawyer. Feel free to contact our office if you want help with that. Um, but you know, uh, the San Francisco field office, other field offices throughout the country have been messed up. I'll just sort of say it like that, messed up because of the coronavirus and the pandemic. And yeah, vaccines are coming out and, you know, but it's like things are still backlogged and messed up and normal processing times, quote unquote, uh, kind of were thrown out the window a long time ago. And so, um, yeah, five to seven months approximately to get a combo card through a straight up adjustment of status case if that's the process you're going through. Um, that's all I got, folks. I got to get off so I can get back on in Espanol. If you speak Spanish, join us for the Spanish Live. Thank you all so much. We'll see you in two weeks for another episode of the Empowered Immigrant Live. Don't forget to ask your questions. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. If you like what you heard and if you want to learn more, please go to landerhomeimmigration.com forward slash podcast.